This is this is this is this is the unwritten the unwritten the unwritten the unwritten Okay, uh what's good everybody? This is Journey Writer and you join a Journey Writer's call. Uh we are so excited to have you here. My name is Marissa and today We'll be talking about something real dope. Uh, actually, we'll be talking about adulting and how books have changed for us as we've become adults. Um, but I guess one of the first things I thought about when we were kind of thinking about this episode and what we would do with it, um, one of the first questions was, how has your view on reading changed since you were younger? Does anybody have a different... Like, for me, I think at, when I was younger, it was more... I don't know. I just was able to read anything. And that has definitely changed. When I was younger, I could read anything, pick up any kind of book, as long as it had romance in it, mysteries or whatever. But now as an adult, I'm not, that's not my thing. So what about you guys? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, Sorry. Um, Hey, guys, it's um, Kate. (laughs) Um, So I definitely agree. I think when I was younger, I was definitely more naive to the topics. Like, just like you, Marissa, I was really a sucker for, like, romance, you know, the teen drama. Um, mm. just like any type of like all in love happy ever after, after story definitely um definitely caught my attention and and i mean i would say it's still much like that now but those like teen you know angsty types of you know over the top romance um readings were definitely you know like what i was attracted to when i was younger how about you susan I think for me, when I was younger, I was definitely the same. I enjoyed, I'm a sucker for a good romance story. And so when I would pick up a book, I I would usually pick up something that had a love story in it. Mm -hmm. Something contemporary. Um, When I was really young, I actually hated reading because I don't know how many schools are like this, but where I went, we had like AR, which I honestly can't remember what that yeah (laughs) and so basically you're kind of forced to read a certain amount and I think I think everyone can agree like when you're forced to do something you don't want to do it as much but when I got to college that's when I really got into like contemporary romance and then as I got older I've been trying to kind of figure out my taste in in genre but I felt like it would Mm. lean more towards like mystery but I think a touch of romance, like if there's, I feel like a love story can really make a story interesting in itself. It doesn't have to be in there, but at least for my interest, I always like a good love story in there. And that hasn't really changed since I would say like my younger adult years. Uh, So funny, since you mentioned AR testing, and I remember actually, I wasn't a big reader when we had to do AR testing. Not just, it wasn't even the, the fact that, you know, you had to do, so AR testing was like, um, it was kind of like you had to, they were testing to see if you could read at a certain grade level. And by the time, I feel like by the time I got into eighth, seventh grade, I was reading it at like a fifth grade level, but but that was just because I wasn't reading. Um, and I hated it. And by the time I, by the time I was like in high school, I was reading anything and everything possible, but it really messed with like it made you feel i'm gonna just say it made you feel stupid like (laughs) to not be able to be in certain groups um and at the same at the same time like like because i was so romance romance heavy there were a lot of things you know that you're expected to know like i would kind of feel like you were expected to have read pride and prejudice already 
or you know um having having already read Oliver Twist or you're supposed to know who those writers are even Toni Morrison who I actually didn't really actually read until I was in college um there was all there were all these expectations that you that you meet a certain level of reading and that you have read certain literature a part that that would be a part of the literary canon and that just wasn't for me um so I don't know if I had if if me reading it the 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 things I was reading at the time if they had a bigger purpose for me other than like being a source of like technique for my personal writing um and kind of giving me a glance into just I think every reader says this but like this just gives me a bigger an opportunity to be a part of a different world you know Mm -hmm. um that was that's how I really felt like I felt like I think I always tell I I hate telling like the sob story but I end up telling this story anytime I do interviews at this point um, and I had to learn how to like back away from the story when I was in graduate school. But when I was really young in fifth grade, uh, we were homeless. And the only thing my mom could do for us was like, let us like listen to audiobooks in her car, in our truck. And um, I used to like listen to the Princess Diaries, like the whole series. And it just took me to a whole new place. It took me out of the car, you know, it put me in a whole different state a whole different environment and it didn't make me think oh my gosh what if I was a princess but it more just like gave an opportunity to look into somebody else's life and not have to necessarily be in mind at that moment and so for me that's what books were when I was younger as an adult now it's a little different because now it's my my career goal you know um but that makes me think like do, do you guys, that when you guys were reading the books that you're reading, did y'all feel like it had a bigger purpose? Did it have like a bigger, um, what effect did it have on your life reading those books at that age? The books that I read, I mean, if I did read when I was really young, it was usually something, I think everyone remembers like the treehouse books, like the big treehouse yeah. where it like spins and they go to a new place. Like the adventure side of it. Because I definitely would say books are a good form of escape. In fact, in college, that's honestly how I got into reading a bit more was because it was just kind of like the thing that helped me to de-stress from everything. And it's just kind of like anything that really piqued my interest and they all just happen to kind of have a love story in them. But any book that I was recommended was usually recommended by my mom. And then I would just kind of read into it a little bit like I would read you know like the blurb on the back and everything and then I'd read like the first chapter and the second chapter and usually like once you get a little bit of a way into it you kind of know oh yeah this is definitely something I want to keep reading or you're like eh, this just really isn't my taste but I think for me the purpose that it served was definitely just to de-stress and also to really think about my writing whenever I would read and try to learn from the authors that I read from and so that's something that I really want to get back into because that's kind of the purpose that I want reading to serve for me now um, because I think it's one of the things they kind of say the way you learn how to write is by reading yeah. or something so that's something I definitely want to plug into my life now the same way I did a few years ago what about you Kate? Um, yeah I think for me it was probably like a, a way of escapism but I mean I've like I've always loved reading 
I still do. And even when I was younger, like when I did the AR testing, I really liked it. It was me to read Genevieve Jones. We're not going to talk about the year they had to force me to read it, but they forced me to read it. Um, <laughs> it's so interesting because that it's, it makes me think about how moms kind of like, because Susan's mom was a librarian. Mm-hmm. So just like how our moms, our parents in general, but especially our mamas, how they play a role in getting us to read. It's, but I, and I don't know why I wasn't so much more into reading until I was probably at the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, because my grandma raised me, taking me to the library. But it was, I don't, I can't, I can't, there was this huge gap of time where I was like, I'm not reading nothing. And then my mom was like, hey, you gonna read this Junie Jones book. And I, <laughs> and I just fell back into reading very, very slowly and dramatically switched over into YA before I was out of elementary school. Uh, inappropriate. Don't know why I was doing that, but <laughs> I think I just took on the challenge. Um, fairly early. It's kind of interesting how moms play that kind of role. It also kind of makes me think about too, kind of how my interests may have changed as I as I got older. It's so funny when I think about college. My mom was not for me doing creative writing in college. Were y'all moms into y'all doing creative writing or or writing? Period. My mom was. <laughs> She's the one that yeah, found the program. Oh, okay. Mom was like, uh, she, she didn't, this is the funny thing. She didn't say she wasn't for me doing it. She just, she ended up, I didn't find out until like a year after I started college that she really had been worried about it. Um, and she had, she was like, I've talked to a few people and I found out that you could do a lot with writing. So I say, go ahead, do this, this, and this. And, you know, I, had, I wasn't, when I first started college, I was only majoring in professional writing. And I had decided on my own that I was going to add creative writing. Um, and because that's what I had, a, that's what I wanted to do from the beginning. And finally, that, that little push from, from my mom in terms of, you know, telling me, like, I feel comfortable made me more sure about going down that career path but that little push influenced a little bit like the way I looked at reading and the way I looked at writing suddenly I was kind of like well I can't be like (laughs) 
I gotta take this seriously and I can't just be stuck on one subject and I can't just be stuck in one, you know, I can't just be thinking about YA books and romance. And so I think that changed me a little bit in terms of, I'm thinking about like how, how it might have changed for you guys, but it definitely changed for me in college because suddenly I had to start taking a lot of more things seriously and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life um, and with writing. But how did maybe books change for you guys as you got older? I think for me, probably like once I got older, I kind of started to like understand my interests more. Like I think, you know, this part of growing up, you learn like what you like and what you don't like as far as genre goes. And once I started taking more, like, writing classes, mm. I realized that, okay, I do like YA more than I like, um, I don't know, just what I was reading in class, I guess you could say. I was just more so focused on YA. And then even now, once I got to grad school, I realized that I don't even just like YA. I've kind of, like, even matured even more mm. to historical fiction. And I've noticed that with with what I watch and, and you know, they kind of cross, um, cross, like, correlate with what I write and, you know, uh, what I read. So, mm. I think it's just like a like like a life learning thing, kind of like what you like and what you don't like as you go up, and what you're accustomed to, what you see around you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Susan, that was what Susan mentioned in the last episode. Was kind of like that she just goes through the things that she's like interested in now or have relevance to her life in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's like I'll kind of go into this a little it's more about writing than it is reading but I've been wanting to start writing again and I've had a story in my head for a little bit and that's just something that I've kind of been sitting on for a little bit like if I should start doing the outline and then I'm thinking well if I'm gonna start writing again I need to pick up books that kind of pertain to what my story would be about to get an idea of what I should do with it And so, and I think the interesting part, it doesn't really have anything to do with my life currently. Um, It's more of a what if um, Mm. type of story. Like, oh, I wonder, like, what if this happened? Like, I wonder what that would have looked like. So it would have, like, it would be fiction, but not, but kind of like loosely based off of a question of something like, if this in my life had happened, I wonder Mm -hmm. what that would have looked like. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I just got to the point where I start asking when I uh where I start asking myself questions like that when I write something or when I think up a scene to write. Um, for the longest time, I in college, so in my undergrad, for the longest time, I was thinking like as I got serious and I was like, I want to be an editor. This is really what I want to do. Uh, but I also, you know, obviously professional writing was what was supposed to be helping me with that and then creative writing was the part that was supposed to be helping me like be able to pin with some when some ping ping is that the word I want to use uh or pin when something was great you know when some writing some technique or something was great when somebody's style was wonderful uh that was what creative writing was supposed to do and I remember having like the hardest time one figuring out which genre I really want to jump into um I thought I think what came to me what has always come to me easiest is nonfiction because nonfiction is not difficult you're just pulling from yourself or pulling from your own thoughts you know 
you're not trying to create a whole new personality. You're not trying to create a whole new environment. You're just pulling from yourself. Whereas when it came to fiction, that was so difficult. I could not, I could, I, for some reason, it never hit me to go, hey, what would happen if this happened? Why would this happen? What if this happened? It just never, it could not, it did not come to me like that. And it wasn't until I got into graduate school and I started writing my script. I don't know if I ever told you about this script, but I started writing the script. And as I was writing it, I had two professors. It was a, a what is it called? Independent study. Because um, there were no script writing classes that I could get into. So I did an independent study. And these two professors were on it. One of them was from the film school. And one of them was from my college that I was in. And I remember one of the professors, she was like, they were la- she was kind of laughing as she read it. Because she realized I was just pulling for myself at that point to write the script. Like, it was, it was not in a fiction piece. It's a fiction piece. I, but I couldn't, I didn't know how to write and say, like, ask myself questions like, what if this had happened? Even if I had said, what if this, what if I had drove to California instead of, like, flew the plane over to California? Like, I did not know how to ask myself that and then write from that perspective. That was so tough. But I think in terms of thinking about how I could, how that has changed for me, it's all that kind of thinking has changed my perspective in terms of how how I approach reading stories now and how I approach writing stories. When I was younger, I couldn't write a story like that and be like, and without it being in some close relation to myself. Um, and I couldn't necessarily read anything without it being like, well, like, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this book? How do I feel about this perspective? Um, and so that's kind of changed how I pick up a book now. Oh my God, it's changed so much how I pick up a book. Like, I think I told y'all last week about, not last week, <laughs> but the last episode about a particular book I picked up and I just like marked that book up and was being super snobby about it. Um, definitely my writing technique, because that's changed, that's also changed how I approach a book. Is really messed up to some degree. One of the questions we have on here is who were some of your favorite authors slash some of your favorite books when you were a child and who are they now? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things after you had mentioned Junie B. Jones because you had to read that when you were little. I wasn't a big reader but I loved audiobooks and I got into a habit as a kid just I would have like different audiobooks on tape from the library from my mom from who you know whoever And I would actually put that cassette tape, if anyone listening um, knows or remembers what a cassette tape is, it's this thing that basically goes into, yeah, I feel obligated to say that at this point in my life. (laughs) Um, um, It's basically you put it into a CD player, um, because some of them, (laughs) because some of them had a spot for like a cassette tape and um, it's like a mini VHS or videotape. Anyway, it would play the book, and that's what I that's what I would listen to as I fell asleep at night. I would listen to, like, Junie B. Jones, because that's what made me think of it. One of the books I loved as a kid was, like, Because of Winn-Dixie. And then yeah, I also I love loved book. A Long Way from Chicago. That's another one that I loved. Um, nice. That yeah. was one of the ones that I listened to quite frequently. It was just a very adventurous, fun, no-romance book, actually, but it was um it was funny it was a very funny book 
and I liked listening to it as I fell asleep at night. And kind of going to now, I currently really don't read anything, but I do, <laughs> I do sometimes think about the nostalgia of books like A Long Way From Chicago or Because of Winn-Dixie. And I think mm-hmm. if I, maybe I should just kind of go back to reading those sometimes and then just kind of yeah. go, because I don't have a specific author now that I'm like, no, this is, this is what I love reading. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of a little bit more open and not so nitpicky as to who the authors are. I really don't know if I was when I was a kid either, but that's kind of mm-hmm. how that's changed for me. What about you guys? I am nitpicky. I have some like when I was younger. I mean, I mm. um, I think about you know, Courtney B. Jones, uh, like Beverly Clearly, the uh, Ramona and Beavis. Yeah, those yeah. type of books. I mm-hmm. like those. Let me sneak it, of course. Um, what else? Um, like those books that I read, like when I was in like fifth grade, probably like I can never remember the, like the um the authors that wrote them but like they were just like like i remember it was a black dude and like he was had just came out of jail or something i think i don't know what the name of the book was but mm. books like that i mean i'm blanking right now but I, i've like read like a lot of them even even though i did read Judy b jones and i did i love Judy b jones and i love the magic treehouse series i oh, yeah, the magic treehouse yeah, I love the Magic Treehouse series, and I even remember the exact the one book I actually really loved um, was the one where they met the, the Emperor of China. Um, oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I love that. I love the art in it, but I think mm-hmm. as the most memorable stuff I can like I can recall stuff I loved when I was younger was the YA stuff. Like I loved Meg Cabot, and I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I adored her for sad. <laughs> it was so sad. And I kind of jumped around from Meg Cabot to like Simone Elkeles, who wrote the Perfect Chemistry series, um, into like um, Chris Ashley, who's adult fiction. So I jumped around. And Julie Garwood was way before even Chris Ashley. So I had jumped from like in the span of two, maybe from age 10. To 13, I had jumped from, like, YA all the way into adult romance. And I was just kind of juggling those two. But I remember adoring Meg Cavett, adoring Simone Elkeles, loving Kristen Ashley. And all of them just for, like, I don't know. Do you guys have specific reasons that y'all love those authors? I loved Kate DiCamillo. She, she's the author because of Winn-Dixie. Mm-hmm. And... I think that was the book, because kind of going back to the AR thing, my mom always just kind of knew what to pick if I wasn't interested in something, to pick something that I would be interested in. So, like, she picked, um, because of one Dixie, because it had a dog in it, it had a little girl who loved this dog and, like, their adventures, and it had, it just had such a good storytelling element and all these people that Opal, the little girl, met. And then her mm. dog, um, when Dixie, she names it after the grocery store that she finds the dog in and mm. everything. And that was always a lot of fun for me because it was very adventurous. Uh. So I think she definitely had an adventure element into her stories. Mm. Um, that just really, yeah, it just ke- it keeps the reader, like, I, I liked her books, especially as a kid. I think as long as the story keeps moving and it's not stuck in one place, um, 
it's it's something that always captured my imagination as a child uh-huh yeah mine's too i think i like um i kind of like because I was jumping all around, because I read a lot of genres when I was young. So I, yeah. I just remembered, I used to read, um, what's those one books? Goosebumps. I used to read those. Oh, really? Arl Stein. Yeah, Goosebumps. <laughs> and then the other one, Judy Moody. Oh, oh yeah. I remember that one. Judy Moody, Goosebumps. Um, uh, Captain Underpants, even. I used to read those. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, um, the
two, Simone Elkala's kind of challenged a perspective that I just, I just kind of grew up having this like respect for interracial relationships that uh, I don't, I can't really quite explain even now, but it was, it was just uh, answered a lot. It asked a lot of questions for me. Why do people treat people like that? Do people still act that way? That sort of stuff. So if the, if the book made me ask questions about people and why they function the way they function and why they think the way they think, I loved it. Um, and it didn't, like I said, didn't necessarily have that angst. I didn't read any of the dystopian books. And so I'm going back and trying to read those, but I was definitely heavy into the contemporary, uh, I don't know, contemporary, like teen romance and self-growth and definitely slice of life. Like just normal people just asking regular everyday questions for themselves. I was totally into that as a kid. Would, would I guess? Yeah, I was like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because like that was like my jam, like dystopian, that isolation. The you know, like the main characters, like isolated, oh, yeah. like the gifted one by themselves alone. I feel like that's what really spoke to me, just because I was always alone. And I could like relate to it and stuff like that. And now I'm kind of like flipped, and now I'm kind of like I'm so like not even really into that anymore. To be honest. Oh wow! You were gonna say something, Susan? What were we gonna say? Oh, I was gonna ask because you're kind of getting into the next question, and that was just like, how do the books you read affect your views and perspectives on your life and decisions? So I was gonna kind of ask, just based on what you're saying, Marissa, how kind of has that shaped you? as a person um, that, I think I was almost getting into that earlier when I was talking about my writing style mm-hmm. um, I guess like I said earlier I'm nitpicky now right and I'm a very literary snobby for one thing um, and now I is now as an adult as a kid there are these questions you have but they're very like uh, very naive questions that you think need to be answered immediately you know like what kind of what kind of as a girl what kind of man am I going to end up with or if you not into guys like what kind of person what kind of partner am I going to end up with um you don't worry about what kind of job you're gonna have or or you know what kind of person you're gonna be you know as an adult though they're still asking important questions as teens but as an adult, those questions have become amplified for me. And so now when I look for things that I want to read and the things I want to write about, it's like <laughs> more intense. And I think I kind of had this issue when I was in my sophomore year of graduate of high school, not high school, undergraduate, where I kind of had these, I had this period, this whole semester where I was having these anxiety attacks and thinking about the kind of woman I was going to become like, who, who am I going to, what's my identity going to be? What am I going to, who am I going to model myself after? Am I going to model myself after anybody or any of the book? And none of the books or any of the things I were, was reading at the time was helping me figure that out. I was really just going through the motions. And so now um, that I've had the time to reflect back on the stuff I used to read and I think about the stuff I used to read, like, Kristen Ashley is one of those people that I go back to quite frequently now, frequently now, and mostly for technique, 
Um, and mostly in some a great amount of time just to get past the time by. But now when I read her stuff and I think about the men that are in her books, I realize that I could never be the female lead in a Kristen Ashley book. I can never deal with the men she writes about. And that has changed the type of books that I want to read now. Like the kind of male leads I want to see in a book, the kind of um, female leads I want to see in a book, Uh, how I want them to approach each other, how I want them to feel about each other, you know, that sort of thing, which in the long run affects how I write, but also affects the books that I choose. So I guess, um, what writer has had the greatest impact on your entire book life, like just in regards to reading and writing? Hmm. I want to say that. <laughs> I think it'd be goofy to say Chris Ashley, but I don't know. Because I don't take, I don't just take from one author, right? So, like Ellen Hopkins, I loved. Now I'm just not realizing this, but Ellen Hopkins, because her books were basically in poetry form, but she would usually like take a poem or it's a whole narrative. It's all prose, it's all one big narrative, but she would take the words and rearrange them into an image or, you know, just her style of approaching things affects how I write even creative nonfiction, how I add text messages into my nonfiction or how I add uh, emails in there or how I change the font sizes and that sort of thing to emphasize sounds and that sort of thing. Um, Ellen Hopkins, Hopkins can be, you know, one person I say this deeply influenced my writing, but on the other hand, Chris Ashley influences my writing because of how contemporary she is in terms of pulling people into directly into the space that she's in or directly into the space the characters are in. So when you're reading her stuff, you feel like you're in Colorado. You feel like you're in a restaurant in the middle of Colorado and you know exactly where restaurant it is. You know what street it is. It's a real place. She's using real places to tell the story. And so I try to make my writing just as, you know, just as real. I can talk about McDonald's. I can talk about Walmart in my writing or talk about a pop star in my writing that's real and not feel funny about it. Um, So... It just I, it pulled from a lot of different people. I don't know about you guys, um, but that also influences who I pick up to read. If they are that kind of writer that makes you feel like I am comp- completely sitting in 2021 or 2023, like that's the kind of stuff I really like to, to take on. Not that I hate historical romance or historical anything. I really do adore historical but if it can make me feel like I'm in the place at that moment, it's really cool. And like, which writer had the most influence on your reading choices and your writing style? Um, that's a good question. Um, right now, so I'm, um, I've been really studying um, since my book is, uh, you know, an illustrated narrative um, about this um, 17-year-old girl and her and her friends are, you know, like trying to solve the mystery of her mom's death or whatever. But it's kind of like intertwined with um, the Antebellum South in um, 1880. So I've been reading a lot from this professor called um, the doc- Dr. Gerald Horn. Mm. He's an um, African American study university professor. And I've been listening to a lot of his lectures, and I just read his recent book. Um, about 
what is it called? Um, I gotta look it up really quick. Because I read it and I was just like so moved by it and it was so interesting because it was just basically about how um how slavery was kind of like very impactful and kind of like how it started the American Revolution and how the United States was formed and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm yeah, so it was called the Counter Revolution of seventeen seventy six. And it's not just some war, so it's you know, it's nice just to read those facts, but also it's just kinda nice to take that kind of information into play when I mm. write this story. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, you know, I don't wanna like um be I guess like wrong or whatever or not actually true. Fact checking, yeah. Yeah, fact checking. So that's mainly what I'm doing. It's part of my research, but I definitely think he has been very influential on what I write and how I read and how I think about things. And Mm. I don't know, another life I would have been a history professor or a history major just because I like history so much now. Mm. Yeah, right now I would say he's been a huge impact on my writing career right now. Mm. But, um, yeah, and as far as, like, YA goes, uh, I really, of course, I always like uh, Kami Adeyemi. How can I always say that her last name wrong? Kami Hami. Yeah, Tommy Adeyemi. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, she's, like, my favorite author right now as far as, like, YA goes. What is she? She wrote um, Children of Blood and Bone. Ah, yes. Addie, ah, girl. Yeah. I, here. I, I, yeah. I was spelling that with an H. Yeah, see, I always spell her name wrong. Yeah, Addie, yes, she's really sweet. I talked to her before. She's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really like her book. So whatever, so, like, as far as YA, you know, like, just, like, tying all of it together. So, like, taking that path plus the YA mm-hmm. and, you know, like, even just doing, like, some more research just to, you know, like, make sure it's like up to date and stuff like that and i'm also reading like a little bit of ya i mean yeah um anime too mm-hmm. i've been doing a lot of stuff i've been drawing anime and so now the, the book that i'm writing is going to be like an illustrative narrative type story that's so, so dope okay yeah so it's gonna like all be connected but yeah just like i think because of my writing that's like what's really influencing right right now so it's like a kind of mixture of YA, um, manga stories, and um, historical fiction. So, yeah. That's so dope. That's actually, that's really cool. Mine, gosh, my follow-up to that is so boring. Because I think for me right now, because I just, I haven't had a chance to write in so long, except for when I was a journalist and all of that was strictly news yeah. stuff. And, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I assisted in an investigative piece and I've you know assisted and I've done stories you know about things going on in the community community and then crimes going on so I think for me there was a period of time where stories by retired or former journalists um have influenced me and but now that I'm kind of out of that area and I'm just in kind of like a regular everyday job and wanting to get back into the creativity of writing and utilizing my skills there and the book that I have in mind I really want to start finding the contemporary like romance but also I want to dig into mystery writing because 
as much as I do enjoy reading, I'm a big movie and TV show buff. And so yeah. I, th- I definitely think that movies and TV shows can influence my writing and reading styles and of preference. Course. Like, I'll, I'll use this as an example. Um, I've been recently watching the show Reacher, and... Like I'm sure everyone knows, like the movies with Tom Cruise and everything, but this is a yeah. spin. This is kind of like a spinoff series that's still based on the books, and so and I haven't read the books, but I'm thinking that that's something where I can start was you know by reading them and watching the show and really kind of getting a heavy influence of mystery and crime and everything to really work on. And I think that's yeah. kind of where my area of what I'm focusing on and what's influenced me right now is so it's kind of two opposite ends of each other, which is like. You have your mystery and your crime, and then you have um, contemporary romance. But somehow meshing them together would be really, really great. Um, I think something to say triggered a thought about, you know, having being so influenced by the things you watch. I think if there's anything, I can say this now in terms of thinking about, like, how my interests have changed and, like, how my perspective has changed. The things I have watched over the from the time I was in like my last year of high school to now, definitely most certainly influenced everything I write. Like mm-hmm. because I watch so much Asian TV or like mostly Asian TV, but also now I watch Turkish TV and all sorts of things. Um, <laughs> but because I watched all these different cultures and like how they think, and you suddenly get into how people, other people across the world think how they approach different situations. Um, And I was telling my dad this the other day that as a black woman, it's kind of interesting because as a black person, we're taught and we're raised to think about ourselves so much as being black. And sometimes to the point where we have to make a decision, a lot of, we have to make a decision about whether our blackness decides things for us. Because I'm black, I do this sort of thing because I'm black, I only do this sort of thing. And me being immersed in like all these other cultures just through TV alone, just through movies and television shows alone, have given me a whole different perspective on just the life decisions I make. So of course then it'll influence the kind of things I read and the kind of things I write about. Um, And as I was talking earlier, I thought about one particular show, thinking about like the kind of like adult questions I have now there's this one particular show from China called The Rational Life that I absolutely like 10 out of 10 absolutely adore brought me to tears all all sorts of stuff I was so emotional but um it was just so well written like it was just so well put together thinking about three different couples and how they rationalize their relationships and go against what go against the grain of living in Shanghai, China. Um, and I just now as an adult, I think, wow, that really <laughs> like that that kind of stuff really changes how I approach a story and how I approach how to approach personal decisions. Um and influence the kind of books I pick up. You know, now it's actually kind of hard to find books that I really want to read. And I don't have any authors that I'm like, yes, I love this author. I don't have any of those anymore um, that I can say that are new authors. I'm, I'm trying. I am trying. I hope people know I'm trying. 
I'm trying to get into a lot of different people, but it's really tough right now because the writing style is very different nowadays. Well, that about wraps it up for our episode today. So any closing remarks? Um, I guess I think it's important now that you think about, you know, in terms of we talked about reading slumps last time. So it's really important now to start thinking about um, the the what is changing for you what has changed for you and what makes it easier for you to pick up a book um Mm -hmm. especially as an adult now and if you're a kid what makes you pick up a book now like what is it that you like and what kind of books are you picking up um i think that always helps in terms of getting out of reading slump but also just helps in terms of figuring out what you're going to read next if you're not in a reading slump yeah and I agree, and I will also say I really like how I feel like a lot of the things that we do now to like entice reading is we've been you know like having more challenges. I read challenges, like try to read you know like twenty books in a month or something like that. So I definitely encourage that you know have a challenge with a friend, you know maybe join a book club or you know you know to you know keep your reading going. Yeah, especially as an adult, because men, do you have time to read right now? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a sign off for me then. Okay, well, I think, honestly, I just agree with both of you. I think it's just focusing on the topics and the things that you enjoy that when it comes to reading and writing and just focusing on those things and they happen to stretch and move to another topic, then that's good too. So- That's a wrap for this episode of The Unwritten, your ultimate destination for all things editing. We hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into the art of shaping stories through the magic of writing. If you want to keep up with the community, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until we meet again, fellow writers, keep pushing boundaries, refining your craft, and uncovering the untold tales that lie within your story.